Welcome to the Daily Objective. It is uh, day 53 of the war in Israel. Uh, today, I'm joined by Mark Pellegrino. Uh, we're going to talk about B'Tselem. Uh, now, if you're if you're from Israel, you probably know who B'Tselem is. If you are not, um, you might not, although it is not unlikely that you're paying for it. So B'Tselem is a uh, so-called human rights organization in Israel. We've uh, we actually did an episode about them uh, <clears throat> earlier on in the war. Um, it was titled "Israel's Enemy Within." I think that episode, uh, our our news update took out took up about half of it, and uh, I think also I think you know there, there's there's a lot uh, to be said about the people uh, within the West that are the problem. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, I. Uh, I want to have a couple of disclaimers. So first of all, we're not we're not journalists. This is not a news channel. We are uh, commentary, you know, commentary. We're uh, commenting on on the news and on uh, um, relevant people and organizations, as we've uh, we've been doing, especially uh, during the war. So. You know, we we titled this "Betzelim Expo- Exposed." Uh, I think it, it's exposed in the sense that uh, you know we're putting together a lot of information that is already out there, and I think that people should know, especially if, as mentioned, you are funding Betzelim. Now, another thing is that I am not a fan of the whole "who funds you" argument uh, because it implies that if you you know if you get paid for uh, you know for for uh, expressing views. That necessarily means you disagree with those views. I don't think that. Uh, you know, I I get paid to express my views. I, I agree with uh, the views I express. I think uh, uh, I I believe that the people in B'Tselem actually believe uh, the vile uh, stuff that they, uh, they they put out there. Uh, that being said, I think it is important to know uh, in in this context uh, at least some of who's funding them because in in many cases that is uh, the European Union that is governments uh, that are uh, you know governments of other countries. Now, uh, Mark, you know in the U.S. you have this thing where where people uh, people with a lot of money are often uh, donors to both major parties because you know they need uh, they need those favors uh, whoever gets elected, which is disgusting in and of itself. This is not one of those cases. Uh, the European Union doesn't fund, uh, you know, uh, treasonous organizations like B'Tselem on the one hand, and then pro-Israel organizations in Israel. They only fund uh, the traitors. So I think this is relevant. Now, uh, B'Tselem is also funded by um, uh, some George Soros uh, uh, organizations, which, uh, you know, uh, from what I know about George Soros, uh, you know, it, it seems that wherever... Wherever trouble can be caused, uh, you know, given enough funding, he will provide uh, that funding, and uh, he certainly does that in Israel. So, uh, before we start diving into what B'Tselem is, Mark, uh, any any comments or thoughts or questions? Uh, yeah, from anything. Said well, so. I mean, this is the first I'm hearing of this organization, so I'm dying to know exactly what they do and how they've embedded their lobbyists into our government so that they're forcing money out of my hands and into their pockets and I want to know what that money does exactly so uh the official uh description of the organization on the website it says B'Tselem, the Israeli information center for human rights in the occupied territories so right away uh you know by by calling you know 
Gaza Strip, Judea, Samaria, occupied territories. They tell you where they stand on things. And um, by calling themselves a human rights organization, look, uh, you know, human rights are, are a good thing. It just so happens that the organizations that claim to be defending human rights always care only about the rights of those humans who have chosen to dedicate their life to violating the rights of others and of innocence. Uh, so it is very much that type of uh, human right, human rights, so-called human rights uh, organization. Now, I think one of um, one of the uh, one of the things that they do that I uh, found particularly despicable in uh, in the past, and I think they started this sometime in in uh, the previous decade, was uh, they you know they they want information right about the violations of the rights of uh, the the Palestinians in the occupied territories, as they call them. So in order to get such information and document it, um, one of their campaigns was a campaign to give out video cameras to Palestinians that, so that they can document the abuse. Now, this is a very, uh, you know, very objective way of doing things, Mark. You know, I have a video camera. I come at you. I do what I want to do. And then I turn the camera on when you decide to defend yourself or to respond uh, and and this has actually caused you know it it has caused the damage that uh, they would want to cause you know that that's the, in in terms of uh, the adding fuel to the fire uh, in 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 the West the anti-Israel uh, hatred they are definitely major players there um, you know there's all the the stories of uh, settlers. Uh, um, attacking Palestinian olive groves. This is this is something that much of the information comes from B'Tselem, comes from uh, you know the the the, the reporters so called uh, that uh, B'Tselem has among the Palestinians who use their cameras uh, that they get from B'Tselem. Uh, uh, there's no uh, you know there's no filter there. There's no there, there's no process of making sure that the people. Uh, documenting it are actually honest, and I would uh, venture a guess and say that they, uh, you know, are probably for the most part dishonest, and this is what B'Tselem wants. I think this is, um, you know, this, it's very innovative. It's a very unique thing that B'Tselem has uh, come up with, and uh, um, I, I don't know if there are others who are uh, doing similar things now around the world, but they're certainly, uh, you know, first in, uh, you know, in, in this in this market, um, any thoughts on on uh, on that specific point? Uh, I mean, yeah, when you give out cameras to a to a group of folks to document "quote unquote" injustices, and that and that group of folks has an incentive to uh, a, a political incentive, a, a, a social incentive uh, to document as many injustices as possible. And, and sometimes by creating them or manufacturing them, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're incentivizing a system that's ripe for corruption. So that's pretty gross. I mean, for me, I want to know what, what's in it for these folks. I mean, it, you know, altruists like this, who, who like cutting off their own noses to spite their face seem to, it seems like a, it's a form of masochism where just inflicting pain on themselves or experiencing pain is in some way its own reward. Because what do they expect to get out of this? Well, it's actually, um, so, you know, when, when we spoke about B'Tselem uh, last time, we mentioned that uh, there was a uh, woman on the board of B'Tselem who was among the 
uh, kidnapped by by Hamas in this war. Now, the role of government is to protect its citizens, uh, good, bad, ugly. You know, if you are uh, living in Israel, the government of Israel has to protect you from outside forces, even if you are a supporter of those outside forces. Uh, but, you know, I remember uh, seeing seeing some pretty disgusting things out there, uh, you know, uh, by by people who are on the Israeli side about uh, this woman, but also people had trouble with the use of the word irony. And I think the, the you know, the word irony is this, is this is exactly what it means. You spend, you dedicate your life to a certain cause and then it is uh, achieved in a way, uh, not fully because Israel is still around, but uh, you know, this is, these are uh, the people that B'Tselem is, even if they won't admit it fully working for, uh, who killed one of their own. And, and and yeah, that's but later on in the story. This is a, a week or two ago. It, it was actually discovered that she wasn't kidnapped. She was actually killed in the attack. Uh, of course, you know the conditions of some of the bodies. Uh, it, it's not all of them have been identified even now, almost two months after uh, the atrocities. Um, but yeah, yeah. The question: What's in it for them? Uh, you know, they they. One of them found out, uh, and. The rest are still going. They're still going strong. They're still, uh, they're still, uh, you know, since October seventh, with some lip service to uh, the, you know, the attacks are bad. Uh, are are siding with uh, with Hamas? Are you know, they're calling for a ceasefire. They're uh, uh, talking about uh, victims on the Palestinian side as if they're victims of Israel rather than victims of Hamas. So. Uh, yeah, these people, uh, no amount of evidence you throw in their face would change their mind because they know that any evidence you throw in their face, they already know. It's a it's a value judgment that they've made uh, based on their really disturbing values. I mean, I think that's a, a great subject for per, per, perhaps a future daily objective. I mean, what, what is the psychology behind people like this who actively work to undermine their own well-being? Uh, what's the psychology of the of the religious Jews who are anti-Zionist? I mean, not that they uh, anti-Zionist in the sense that they don't believe that their people should have a homeland, that Israel Israel doesn't have a right to exist. Um, what what is it that it, that that pushes people to advocate for values that are probably self-destructive? I mean, that's that's a that's a very interesting psychological question. Uh, have yes, you guys although- addressed that? With religious Jews who are anti-Zionist, I mean, first of all, once you once you uh, defer to God, I think pretty much anything goes in terms of right. connection to reality. The the more seriously you take it, the the more uh, the further away you are from uh, anything to do with, with again with reality. And and the religious anti-Zionist Jews, I I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's something like uh, you know the Messiah needs to come before the Jews return to Israel. That is why they oppose the state of Israel. So uh yeah and that, so that, they're out there at pro-palestinian rallies stomping on 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 pictures of uh of captured israelis and stomping on the uh, um israeli flag i mean it's it's despicable yeah yeah and of course we um on yesterday's show we talked about maybe the most despicable uh you know well-known figure out there on on the palestinian uh, side Norman Norman Finkelstein the uh, uh, 
you know, Jewish intellectual who is um, uh, really, you know, uh, he uses uses the uh, the fact that uh, his parents are Holocaust survivors and uh, basically uses it as as part of his propaganda to make a second Holocaust happen. Uh, there's there's no other other way that I can think of to describe uh, what he's doing, and. Um, yeah, again, in his case, it's so in your face. Even even B'Tselem doesn't get to that level, although B'Tselem is is more, um, you know, more thorough and maybe more uh, more effective in the in their way. In that uh, the Norman Finkelsteins of the world uh, will only have an audience again uh, among the people who really um, full on uh, are, you know, advocates of of a. Um, you know, a second Holocaust, whereas in B'Tselem, you know, the use of, of uh, the, the lingo they use with uh, um, human rights and, and so on, uh, you know, may, maybe maybe can sway some people, although from what I know, uh, Israelis are not really sold on the, uh, the B'Tselem vision. Well, that's good. <laughs> I think they'd have a short... Um half a uh, shelf life if they if they were sold on that but it's unfortunate that there's even a portion of the population that's so nihilistic that they are working actively for their own demise and i have to say uh you're right it's it's ironic that one of them gets murdered in in uh, an assault of, of for the very you know gangs that they're advocating for but it's a sweet irony my friend um i like to see them fall like that um they they get what they they get what they deserve well, um, so yeah, in, in terms of, you know, I, I don't know to what extent, like, you know, again, there's, if, if it's going to be someone, I would rather it uh, were them because, because of the irony of it. But yeah, again, I would want the, the I would want the state of Israel uh, to protect itself. And I would want the state of Israel to, uh, you know, protect itself from, from future attacks. Uh, and, and let me put it this way. If there was a terrorist attack where one person was killed and that person was somebody from B'Tselem, I would still want Israel to go in and completely destroy uh, the threat. Because uh, again, to, to the Palestinians, and we know this, and I think B'Tselem knows this, it doesn't matter if you are <clears throat> if you are fully behind uh, the existence of the state of Israel, or if you are a, a, a you know a fifth column like, like uh, the people of B'Tselem, uh, eventually they want to get rid of all the Jews and uh, and you know they they will um do whatever it takes to to get there uh now there were these uh yeah go ahead no i'm just gonna, i was just going to say that in, that includes the present day collaborators yeah <laughs> um now there's uh, uh there were these demonstrations in a um uh town in Judean Samaria uh, somewhere in, in the west bank uh called uh, Nabi Saleh which uh, is a small town. It's, uh, it's right on the uh, um, barrier between uh, the West Bank and uh, the rest of Israel. And so they, uh, you know, they, they would uh, go protest there on Fridays. Now, to what extent this is B'Tselem uh, orchestrated? I don't know. It, it was definitely something B'Tselem reported heavily on. Um, and you know, th uh, these were orchestrated. Whoever it was, uh, you know, that's that that's still an open question 
But this would happen every Friday. They would go, they would attack the soldiers. Uh, sometimes the soldier would respond, soldiers would respond, usually with tear gas. Sometimes uh, it got a bit worse. And uh, I think a few people uh, have been killed in these uh, uh, so-called demonstrations, but really attacks on soldiers. Um, and, uh, you know, one, one uh, woman, uh, young girl at the time, uh, became a minor celebrity out of this uh this was i had uh tamimi no, daniel oh, I didn't send you you remember i know i know, the, I know this girl yeah I, I i sorry daniel i should have sent she's, you uh, some she she she's a she's a horrible psychopath yeah and she and she became a type of a type of hero uh among uh, uh anti-israelis in the west because you see this uh supposedly little girl standing up to soldiers physically attacking soldiers and uh, the soldiers, of course, do nothing because that is, uh, you know, that is their, um, you know, the self-destructive policies of Israel. Uh, now, this uh, this this girl is is from a family of terrorists, uh, a family of, uh, uh, you know, uh, one one of the, uh, I think it was her aunt was a terrorist who was released in the um, exchange for uh, the Israeli soldier Gilad Shalit in in uh, twenty eleven. Uh, she's now somewhere in Jordan, and uh, the rest of her family are uh, uh, involved in uh, uh, some ways in in terrorism. And she was arrested actually uh, recently. This this girl who's now twenty two years old uh, was arrested because she posted on Instagram. Oh, yes, I know this post. This is heinous. Go ahead, read it out loud because people have to see what we're dealing with here. So. Uh, I think it was in Hebrew and English, but I have it in Hebrew, so I will translate, um, uh, you know, off the top of my head. Our message to the hordes of uh, settlers, we are waiting for you in uh, every city in the West Bank, from Hebron to Janine. Uh, we will slaughter you, and uh, you will say that what Hitler did to you was a joke. We will drink your blood. We will eat your skulls. Uh, come on, we're waiting for you. There so, you go. There you go. This is aren't they aren't they planning on releasing her in the next uh, hostage swap? Yeah, yeah. So now the um mm -hmm. uh the the current ceasefire has uh, been extended. Last I saw, I haven't checked the news in the last couple of hours. I, I saw that the ceasefire was violated, so I don't know to what extent. I, I again it, it is Hamas's decision, but if Hamas wants her released, uh that she hey, will hey, hey, since Hamas is, you know, working in coordination through Iran with the Houthis and the and Hezbollah, uh, whenever the Houthis or Hezbollah are firing upon Israel or the United States, I should I think this should be considered a violation of the ceasefire um, because they attacked an Israeli ship, some Houthi pirates just just what yesterday. Um, look, I mean, it's it's difficult to. You know, we're talking about uh, uh, this this violation of an agreement with uh, as if, as if it's a normal agreement between human beings. It's this is an right. agreement with savages. So the agreement is with these specific savages, and uh, uh, you know, it, even even without any uh, shots fired, I think it was the second or third day that they uh, delayed the um, the release of the hostages until uh, nighttime. You know, uh, Hamas has been. Uh, while while uh, you know slaughtering Israelis wherever they can, they also play psychological warfare. Uh, and and uh, again, I think they're winning on all fronts uh, because Israel plays into their hands. Uh, uh, 
um, even even again with this deal, seeing the hostages released is uh, a beautiful thing, and and uh, you know it's it's hard not to uh, you know to get emotional about something like that, but that is out when of context. The, yeah, but when that's juxtaposed against the image of these prisoners going back into um, Gaza and and you know chanting that they're going to you know murder Jews. Uh, chanting for more Jewish blood. I mean, I, it's as much as I want these prisoners to be to be back home. The fundamental situation isn't going to change unless Hamas is dead, like permanently dead, and Hezbollah is dead, and Islamic Jihad is dead, and Iran has you know something really to think about, like incendiary bombs up their ass. Um, Sorry, but it's not going to end until Iran ends. It's not going to end until uh, the mullahs are completely and totally uh, humiliated and destroyed in the eyes of the world. Until this, until this ideology loses purchase with a few romantic altruists because it just brings nothing but destruction and death, this is going to continue forever. So um, I'm happy that these 50 folks are coming home, but it's it comes at too high a price in my in my view. Yeah, and uh, when you know when you mentioned the uh, the chance of the um, released terrorists about coming to kill the Jews, this is not like you know like when when we see these um, uh, leftists on the weekend in uh, the streets of London, probably you know just uh, you know they were looking for something fun to do on the weekend. It was uh, you know going to the new vegan restaurant or going to this uh, protest, and they they happen to choose a ladder and they chant from the river to the sea. These are not people who will actually go there and uh, try to uh, throw the Jews into the sea, uh, but the terrorists will. And we know this from past uh, hostage um, uh, swaps where- uh, The last uh, one, the last one with that thousand for the one soldier. Didn't uh, one of the, one of the characters actually planned this uh, massacre? Yeah. The head of so, Hamas in Gaza is uh, one of the people who was released. Yehia Sinwar. He was- uh, yeah, he was released in that prisoner swap. Yeah, and folks, you want to make hard distinctions between Hamas and the Palestinian people, just watch some of these chants. The chants are happening on a street filled with Palestinians who are chanting enthusiastically to murder Jews. So the distinction, uh, there's less of a distinction than you may think for those of you out there who, who want to be quote-unquote civil in a very uncivil situation. Uh, I'm sorry, you don't play by Marcus of Queensbury rules when you're fighting for your life. There is... Uh, yeah, there's no distinction. Hamas is a true representative correct. of the Palestinian people. That's they correct. That's not, they're not just chanting because uh, somebody came home. They were chanting when the 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 hostages were taken, when the bodies were taken. Uh, you know, this is there, there's there's no Western society uh, which is so united uh, uh, around any cause or anything uh, as uh, the Palestinian. People are are united around the uh, the terrorist cause or the cause of wiping Israel off the map, and the people who are not Hamas are Islamic Jihad, are the PLO. They are you know they, they support the same thing, uh, maybe by different means or with different leaders. But indeed, and I just and I just want to say really quickly because we put ourselves out on the fringes by saying this, but it's absolutely true, and we have to be faithful to the truth. The Palestinian identity is itself combined with this uh, pan-Arab nationalism and religious fanaticism. There's really no separating it from that. So if you call yourself that, in a sense, you are you are claiming 
uh, membership of a gang, a violent gang that wants to wipe out a, a, a whole group of human beings. So, I mean, that's that's where I go with it, my friends. Yeah. And by the way, you know, people in the West who aren't really following the news and are just following uh, or aren't really following the Middle East and are just starting to follow now uh, could be excused to some point in, in thinking that uh, Hamas is not a true representative of the Palestinian people, A, because how can, you know, millions be uh, behind such savagery and B, because they watch the news and they see uh, images of uh, Palestinians uh, looking like the victims, you know, that you don't see uh, the Palestinians celebrating uh, the, the slaughter of Jews in the streets on the BBC. But B'Tselem and the likes of them, these organizations, these people who dedicate, again, they're, they're, all they do is, uh, is uh, watch what's going on there. They know the Palestinian people better than we do. They know exactly, uh, you know how how horrible they are and how uh, this is this is a cause they are united behind, and they know that they are among the the target. They are there. They're in the firing zone or whatever it's called, uh, and uh, and yet they do this again. You you said how you you asked the question to which I have no answer. How do people actually come to the decision? How does an individual come to the decision? This is what I'm going to dedicate my life to. I'm going to dedicate my life to the cause of, uh, you know, I'm living in a uh, relatively free, relatively free country. Uh, I'm going to dedicate my cause to the savages just over the border uh, who want to wipe us all off the map and replace us with a with a uh, Middle Ages type. Well, that, this just goes to show you that altruism creates a kind of mental illness, and that's what these people are are acting on. They think they're being moral. Anyway, we should bring Gina Gorlin on here to discuss this. Maybe she has some ideas. Yes, although although the question, uh, I've said this before, like we, we mentioned yesterday that uh, Douglas Murray said that, um, um, what's his name? Finkelstein is a, is a, a psychopath. And I have a problem with that in the sense that you let somebody off the hook when you say, look, this is, he's just has something wrong with his uh, brain wiring. No, he's, he's, he's aware. And, and these people are aware of where they stand, of, of what they're fighting for, like evil on that level. Really? Oh, I don't deal. think I, I, I see what you're saying, but I don't think he's, he's letting him off the hook. I think by, by labeling him a psychopath, he's saying he's an extremely dangerous individual. Uh, psychopaths know exactly what they're doing. Um, they're not crazy. They're not a psychopath. Isn't crazy. A psychopath has no, no sense of com compassion or empathy for another human being. They're they're the they're on that extreme scale of a malignant narcissism narcissism that likes to manipulate human beings for their own for their own in, interior pleasure. So he's not letting him off the hook. He's labeling him exactly as, as what he is, and I think that sets us up as people who have to fight people like that for the for dealing with that reality that you know, this this man is is not really um he's not going to engage in uh, rational discourse because it doesn't serve his purposes not because he can't but because it doesn't serve his purposes so we have to fight him and you have to fight a psychopath in a completely different way 
Um, so Mark, I just realized we are out of time and we have some super chats. I want to uh, thank two super chatters from yesterday who I uh, uh, didn't get the chance to thank Christopher Smith and Kathleen. Uh, today we have a super chat from Jonathan Honig. Thank you, Jonathan. Another super chat from Jonathan, uh, super chat from Bonnie, super chat from Catherine, who says, I'm afraid I have no words to express my outrage. Um, I understand and agree, and that's a problem I, I face while actually trying to find the words while we're live. Uh, Ashley says, um, we are what we pretend to be, so we must be careful about what we pretend to be. Uh, that's a Kurt Vonnegut uh, quote, I believe. Uh, and uh, yeah. I'll take it. I, see, right. I, I think I see where she's going with that. Uh, well, that is a good note on which to end. We are we are a bit late with the reality show, but it will start a minute or so after we are off the air here. Uh, today's uh, topic is Hamas violates ceasefire at 7 p.m. UK time. No. Come on. Yeah, okay. I was actually thinking of putting something like breaking news, but uh, you know, <laughs> enough with the clickbait. Um, <laughs> And uh, at 7 p.m. UK time, which is an hour from now, we will um, uh, we have the Fountainhead Book Club uh, for ARC UK members. So uh, I hope uh, you all join us for both of those. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Thank you. See you all in a minute. Bye.